0: Are going on seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible and uh, who's been getting something out of this study as yes, we've been studying and uh, last week we were in what book Come on. Song of Solomon, of Solomon. And Song of Solomon and we learned some things didn't we yes, we, did. we also got revelation about who who we are. Amen? Amen. That we don't have to be perfect. That God made provision for us to have a Savior and a Lord and that God will use imperfect people. So that means that I qualify. That means that you qualify because there aren't any perfect people around for Him to use. (laughs) So He wants to use us to be a benefit and to be a blessing to somebody else's life. Amen? Amen. So, so we've been learning that and uh, we, saw, we even saw Jesus Christ through the book of the Song of Solomon, didn't we? We saw that, that God, through His grace, is always giving. And when the grace of God is in operation, that means Jesus is in the mix because he, Jesus is our number one grace gift providing salvation for us through dying on the cross, giving his life, and resurrecting for us to have eternal life. So we're glad about it tonight, ain't it right? We're excited about it. Tonight we're going on to the very next book of the Bible. And we've been looking at different books in the Bible based on uh, the divisions. Uh, we did study the first five books of the Bible, which are called the what? Pentateuch, very good. I got a great class here tonight, glory to God. And uh, so that was the first five that we studied, uh, and then we went on from there, um, and we learned about the kings, and, and the history. we learned the history books of the Bible, about the history of God's people. Um, and then we moved on to the books of wisdom, right? the books of wisdom, Um, and so we studied the book of Psalms, and Proverbs, and, and Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, the books of wisdom. Tonight we're going on to the next section of the Bible, and this is the section of the prophets. We're going on into the next section of the Bible, which are the books written by the prophets. And uh, so before we go on and get into the, the study of the books written by the prophets, does anybody know what a prophet is? Don't wait for me to tell you because I'm waiting for you to tell me. <laughs> Don't try it. <laughs> hmm? What's the prophet? okay someone who, who uh, receives wisdom from God and speaks it okay it's and they receive foreknowledge okay they, they what, what's foreknowledge the future like before it happens okay foreknowledge they receive foreknowledge um from who they receive it from God and the, 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 a prophet, a biblical prophet uh, is somebody whose ears are tuned to God, right? Their ears are, and, and so that means, uh, what is their lifestyle like to be a prophet that hears from God? What's your lifestyle like? Is your lifestyle raggedy? You run in the street as a prophet? No. So, what's the lifestyle of a prophet like? Set apart for God. Fasting and prayer. Living a life of fasting and prayer. Always listening. Very good. Always listening. And where's your heart if you're a prophet? For God. Heart is for God, towards God. Correct? Mm hmm. And in in the modern-day church, we call the the prophets uh, gifts. Why, why, Why would they be considered gifts? Because of their sacrifice. Because of their sacrifice. Why else would they be considered a gift? Not everybody can do it. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody is blessed with that gift to share foreknowledge, okay? So, um, we're going on into the books of, that are written by the prophets, and does anybody know how many books of the Bible are written by prophets? In this section of the Bible, like from here to the end of the Bible, from, from where we're starting tonight to the end of the Bible, all written by prophets. Does anybody know how many books that is? Okay, now you can wow your friends, because I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Seventeen. Okay, somebody said sixteen? Close! Okay, there's seventeen books written by the prophets. And when you study church history, when you study Bible history, sometimes uh, the books are called, there's some books that are called, written by major prophets and then there are others called minor prophets. So they are major prophet books, minor prophet books. Does anybody know why that is? Would it be because some are more important than others? No, very good, no. The difference between the major prophets and the minor prophets, one thing. The major prof- prophetic books are long. The minor prophetic books are shorter. That's the only thing that's different. They had the same anointing, they had the same gifting, they had they the same knowledge, wisdom to release from God for people. But the difference between the major prophets and the minor, pro- minor prophets, meaning really the major prophetic books and the minor prophetic books is the length. Okay, so tonight we are going to start with, with the very first of those books. But let me tell you one more thing, a couple more things about the prophets before we go on. So prophets foretell what they hear from God, things to come. Uh, they also are preachers and they spoke to the people and the problems of their day. So when they, would get, when they would speak something, they would be speaking about to the people, about the problems of their day, about the situations and circumstances going on in their world at that time. Yes, they do predict the future, and they, pre- and they speak about near stuff, stuff that's going to happen soon, stuff that's going to happen far into the future, stuff that's gonna happen way, way, way into the future. Sometimes prophets, these biblical prophets, prophesied things that was gonna happen after they died. Because some of them prophesied hundreds of years into the future. So how could they prophesy something that's going to happen hundreds of years in the future and still feel confident that what they said was, was accurate? Because they heard from God. Because God confirmed to them that what they heard was from him. OK? So also prophets um, spoke warnings to people. Um, he, they spoke warnings of coming judgment, and we're going to talk about one of them tonight. Today, there are also prophets of mercy and grace. What would a prophet of mercy and grace be sharing with people? Forgiveness. They would be sharing about mercy, they would be sharing about grace, they would be sharing about forgiveness, they would be sharing about the love of God for his people. Why would the Lord release prophets that warn and prophets that, that share mercy and grace? Why would there be more than one kind of prophet that the Lord would use to speak to people? Okay, somebody might need, somebody might need a warning and a judgment. Somebody else might need encouragement. So a prophet of mercy and grace, what are they going to bring you? Lots of encouragement lots of assurance of the love that God has for you who knows God has love for them do you know that okay very good okay very good okay so let's get started with the first book the first major prophet and we're going to the book of Isaiah Isaiah, right after the last book that we studied, which was what? Song of Solomon, right? So now we're going on to the first prophet, Isaiah. Okay. And Isaiah's name means the salvation of Jehovah that's what his name means. Now I will tell you that Isaiah is considered a major prophet. Why? Because his book is long, exactly. So he's considered a major prophet because his book is long. Um, And so as a prophet he was a preacher As a prophet, he also was a seer. What is a seer? Someone with the gift to see. To see into the future, to see into circumstances, to hear from God, and then speak what they see and speak what they hear. So Isaiah was a seer, as well as a prophet, as well as a preacher. Uh, he also was a psalmist. Did you know this? About Isaiah. What is a psalmist? And we done studied 150 of them, so don't be looking at me like that. What is a psalmist? Somebody that does what? Writes songs. Right? Writes songs. So, so Isaiah was a psalmist. Who else do you know that was a psalmist? Hmm? David. Who else? Solomon. Excellent. Solomon. And now we're finding out that Isaiah was a, a psalmist also. And as we work through the book of Isaiah, you're going to see that some of the chapters that, he, that are included in his book are songs. So, So what kind of person do you think this Des, would describe Isaiah. Man, multifaceted. That's getting to be our word around here, isn't it? Multifaceted, meaning what? Uh, Can do many different things, has many sides to his personality. OK? Uh, multifaceted. And was he uh, what else? Multifaceted? What else? A wise man, okay? Did I tell you he was a an historian? Did I tell you that? He was also a historian. He wrote some of the history of the kings of Israel. He was a scribe also. What is a scribe? Someone that writes. Okay. So 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 what else could you say about him besides in addition to being multifaceted? He had to be very what? Knowledgeable, Knowledgeable very smart. smart. Why would the Lord choose smart people to be leaders? <laughs> <laughs> be somebody said, "Cause I've been led by somebody who wasn't smart, <laughs> and it just didn't work out very well." <laughs> okay, so He's choosing people, multifaceted people smart people, so that when he speaks they'll recognize his voice. He don't have to say the same thing to them 49 times before they say, oh yeah I got it now. Okay, this is the prophet Isaiah. He was an instructor, a a teacher. He was also an intercessor. And most prophets are intercessors. What does that mean? They They pray. For who? Everybody. They, because through prayer, what happens with them? Through prayer, what happens? They connect with God. And through prayer, they also what? Hear from God. So if somebody says they, that, that they're that they a prophet or have a prophetic gift and they don't pray. Something wrong. <laughs> somebody said it right. Something is wrong. Okay, because you need a prayer life as um, a, an intercessor. You need an intercessor prayer life as a prophet. He was also an evangelist. What does that mean? He carried the word, and one of his one of his assignments was to carry the word of the Lord to the kings. Now Isaiah was a prophetic voice to some of the kings of Israel. In fact, he was, a, he was a prophetic voice to five kings of Israel, one after the other, after the other, after the other, because they didn't have two kings at one time, right? So they had one, and so he, he got to minister to them. So, so how long do you think he served as a prophet? Years. He actually served as a prophet for 63 years and during that course of time he was speaking the word of the Lord to different kings. Some of the kings that he spoke to uh, and and shared the word of the Lord with were good kings. Some of the kings that he was assigned to release the word of the Lord to were not good kings. Nevertheless he had to Share the word of the Lord with them. Hmm. Okay. So, one of the things that Isaiah also prophesied was that Jesus was coming. He prophesied that Jesus was coming before Jesus. Came. Does anybody know how long? before Jesus came that Isaiah prophesied that Jesus was coming. I will tell you this, that Isaiah was not alive when Jesus came, okay? He prophesied that a savior was coming 700 years before Jesus came. 700 years before Jesus came. So, so, when, so, when, so when Isaiah shared that, do you think everybody believed him? When, so so, so, so did, did you think somebody thought, could have thought he was a false prophet? But was he a false prophet? No, he was not a false prophet because what did, did what he prophesied come to pass? Yes. And when we, as we've been going through this study of seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible, one of the things that we should be taking away from this is that God was about something from the beginning all the way through the generations, the centuries, all the way to now. So that everybody would know that God loves them has a purpose for their life, wants the best for their life, is trying his best to make provision so that we can have the best in this life and in eternal life. Are you getting this? This is making sense to anybody? Okay. Oh, did I tell you that, that Isaiah's wife was a prophetess? His wife was a prophet as well. What does that mean? Hmm, What does that mean? That she was able to foretell the future as well. She was able to hear from God. So the both of them were a team. They were a prophetic family. They had two sons. And I think before we finish this thing, I want to show you their son's name in print because their son's names had like 15 letters in the name, each one of them. Lord have mercy. It was <laughs> yes. awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. But it was a prophetic family. So, so in their household, there was unity. Right, It wasn't just, well, he's the prophet and, and she's not, because they, they, they had agreement. They could agree together. They understood seeking the Lord. They, understand, they understood listening to God. Now all the time in that season of the prophets they weren't always well received. Why why would a prophet not be well received? Some people don't want to know their future. Some people don't want to know their future. <laughs> Some people scared to know their future. Right? and oftentimes in sharing, and and in in Isaiah's case it was true as well, they had to communicate what they heard from the Lord to the kings and the leadership and the political leaders and, and they had to speak to corruption. They had to speak to all the negative things that were going on. They had to to speak against those things. They had to speak against oppression. They had to speak against uh, uh, misuse of funds. They had to speak against slavery. And they had to speak against the negative things that were going on in their area. And sometimes when you have to speak truth to power, as prophets have had to do, is the power always happy to hear from you, especially if they don't want to change, right? And so, and so Isaiah uh, experienced that a lot, and so did the other prophets that we're going to be uh, studying as we continue going into seeing Jesus in these books of the Bible. Now, what book are we talking about tonight? Isaiah. Isaiah. The book of Isaiah is considered a mini Bible, a miniature Bible. Because the book of Isaiah is very similar to the whole Bible. So let's go all the way back to the beginning. Remember, come on, call it out. Remember, how many books are there in the Bible? I heard it, I heard it, come on. 66. Okay, there's 66 books in the Bible, right? Okay, so how many, how many in the Old Testament? 39. All right. How many in the, in, in the New Testament? 27. See, you can do the math. Come on now. You can do the math. All right. So, so it's 39 in the Old, 27 in the New. Now, book of Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, there are 66 chapters. Just like in the Bible, there's 66 books. In the book of Isaiah, there's 66 chapters. Okay? And there are 39 chapters that emphasize the judgment of God. 39. And there are 27 chapters that emphasize judgment the grace and comfort that God provides. So that's one of the reasons why Isaiah is considered a miniature Bible. The Bible has 66 books, Isaiah has 66 chapters. The Old Testament has 39 books, the first part of Isaiah has 39 chapters all about God's judgment coming against evil. The second part of the book of Isaiah has 27 chapters speaking about and emphasizing the grace and the comfort that God makes available to his people. Okay? Now, let's go to Isaiah chapter 1. And we're going to zero in on the theme of... The book of Isaiah okay are you there Isaiah chapter 1 and we're going to verse 18 okay and verse 18 basically is letting us know what this book what God is trying to get to us through this book says come now and let us reason together saith the Lord though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And Why would he say they should be as wool? What's the color of wool on sheep? White, okay? So, so what is he, what's being said here? The Lord's talking to his people. Let's reason together because his people had gone off the chain. They had gone off the chain, and through Isaiah, the Lord is speaking to them, saying, let's reason together, come on back into right alignment with me, even though your sins be as scarlet, meaning what? Red, by, by reconnecting with me, I'll erase that and we can come back into, into a positive, healthy whole relationship. And that's what God is saying all through the book of Isaiah to his people in many, many different ways. Okay? So let's go on. Now, there's a lot to see in this book, and we're not going to see it all tonight. So I got to pull myself back, all right? <laughs> okay, let's, let's look at a couple places where we can see Jesus in the, in the book of Isaiah. Go over to chapter 7, Isaiah chapter 7, and let's look at verse 14. Isaiah chapter seven and verse 14. Are you there? It says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you, what? A sign, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Here is Isaiah prophesying the coming of Jesus Christ. And his name shall be called Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. The Lord, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. Had anybody seen Emmanuel when this was written? No. Did it actually come to pass? Yes. Yes. Aren't you glad? I sure am glad. Okay. Let's go over next to chapter nine. Another thing that that I'm gonna be pointing out to you as we go through Isaiah is that there are many, many scriptures that you're accustomed to hearing that are in the book of Isaiah. Anybody ever read the book of Isaiah? Great. As we go and continue in this study, in your personal time, as we're between now and next time, read some of the passages in the book of Isaiah. So uh, we will be, be, going deep into what God has to say to us because he has something to say to us all in this book. Isaiah chapter 9. Are you there? Okay. Chapter 9 and verse 6. Are you there? For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. How could he say with certainty the Lord will perform this? Because God told him. Because God told him. And we are all witnesses. Okay, let's go over to chapter 11. Chapter 11 and verse one says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Who is this talking about? talking about Jesus and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse what is it talking about the stem of Jesse the lineage exactly the lineage all right I'm getting scholars growing up in his place yes all right Go over now to chapter 28. How many books is in this? How many chapters in this book of the Bible? All right, all right, all right. We are awake tonight, glory to God. Isaiah chapter 28. And let's look at verse 16. Isaiah 28 and 16. It says, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Who is this talking about? It's talking about Jesus, who's going to be a foundation stone A tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Some of you have heard those words put into songs. Anybody heard that in songs? Yes. Speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is being spoken 700 years before Jesus arrives on the scene. Let's go over to chapter 32. Chapter 32 and verse 1. Are you there? Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness and princes shall rule in judgment. Who's the king that's going to reign in righteousness? Jesus is the king that's going to reign in righteousness. Okay. Okay. Go over to chapter 40. Are you there? Okay. Chapter 40 and let's start at verse 3. And it says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked place shall be made straight, and the rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Who, who's all flesh gonna see? Jesus. And so here we're seeing about the, Jesus being prophesied to come, um, in years of the future and it's also talking about the fact that he came and and he is coming again and all flesh is going to see him and john the baptist said prepare ye the way of the lord okay let's drop down to verse 11 same chapter chapter 40 And verse 11 says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Who is this talking about? It's talking about Jesus feeding his flock. Who's his flock? Us. Okay, using the analogy of the shepherd and the sheep, but talking about our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ when we receive him into our hearts, into our lives. Okay, skip over to chapter 42. 42 and verse 1. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, In whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgments to the Gentiles. And let me see. Let's do one more chapter. Go over to chapter 50. Are you there? I'm not. Wait a minute. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 50. Verse 7. For the Lord will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my faith like a flint. And I know that I shall not be what? I shall not be ashamed. Hallelujah. Grace. The grace of God in operation. All right. All right, let's go through a passage that you know, and this will be our last one for tonight. Okay, Uh, let's go to chapter 55. And verse six, are you there? Okay, says, seek ye the Lord while what? While what? While he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. Verse seven, everybody read with me. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. He will abundantly pardon. We're seeing his grace. Amen? I told you at the latter half of this book, you're seeing more and more about the grace of God. Here is, a pa- who's familiar with this passage? Ever seen this before? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Amen? Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts for, amen? Whoever did that? <laughs> Glory to God. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God. For he will abundantly, who's been abundantly pardoned? And what, was the Lord, what does the Lord want us to do with that abundance of pardoning that we have received? He wants us to release that to others. So that they may know that they're abundantly pardoned and that the Lord loves them. With what kind of love? Everlasting Everlasting love. We'll stop there tonight. We'll continue next time. God bless you all.